No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Mordecai learns of the decree to destroy the Jews and mourns in sackcloth, refusing to be comforted. He tells Esther to entreat the king to save her people, for perhaps God has brought her to the throne for such a time as this. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Esther chapter 4 on Simply the Bible. The king of Persia had promoted Haman the Agagite to the position of prime minister. But Mordecai, the Jew, refused to bow down to him, probably because Haman was a descendant of the Amalekites, enemies of God and enemies of the Jews. Therefore, Haman convinced King Ahasuerus to issue a decree that went throughout the Persian Empire to destroy all the Jews. This dreaded day of annihilation would occur in 11 months. Now, imagine if you were told that you had less than a year to live, and not only you, but also all your family and friends, your people, would be exterminated. How would you react? What would you do? This is the situation that Mordecai found himself living in while in captivity in Persia. According to the law of the Medes and Persians, which could not be altered, some, perhaps two million Jews, would be exterminated in less than a year. There was no other nation that could help them because the Persian Empire was a world-dominating kingdom of the day. We continue in Esther chapter 4. So when Mordecai learned all that had happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went out as far as the front of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting weeping and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. I don't know how much grief you have personally experienced, but here in the West, we tend to be rather reserved about our grieving. Most of us choose to keep that a private matter. But in the East, it was not so. They did not grieve. They grieved. They did not cry. They wailed. When they grieved, they wanted everybody to know about it. This was the way Mordecai responded to the news of Haman's decree. He tore his clothes and put on sackcloth, a dark, gunny sack material made from goat's hair, and covered himself with ashes. As a city official, Mordecai usually sat at the king's gate, but he could not sit in his place dressed in sackcloth. The king would not allow it, so he sat outside the gate. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry so that far and wide people knew of this tragic news against his people, the Jews. Mordecai did all that he could to avert this terrible wholesale extermination of his people. Now the Jews throughout the kingdom of Persia responded in a similar way so that in all 127 
provinces where the king's command arrived, there was great mourning with fasting, weeping, and wailing in sackcloth and ashes. So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but he would not accept them. Word of Mordecai's state penetrated the walls of the harem, and Esther was deeply distressed. She did what any concerned woman would do when someone she loved was in great anguish. She sought to relieve Mordecai's suffering. So she sent a change of clothes to him so he could remove his sackcloth, but the problem was much deeper than clothing, and Mordecai would not be so moved to take them off. There are times when we are so heavy-hearted that the attempts of others to cheer us up have no effect whatsoever. This was especially true in this case because the problem would not go away with a change of clothes. When really bad news strikes, what do we do? We tend to change whatever we can change or prepare in any way that we can. We call others to seek their advice. But do we pray? Do we fast? Do we mourn before God and seek his counsel? Verse 5, Then Esther called Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her. And she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and that he might command her to go in to the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for all her people. So Hathak returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. It may seem strange to us that Esther was unaware of the decree against her people that bore her own husband's seal when all the Jews throughout the kingdom of Persia knew about it. But then we are unfamiliar with the life of the harem. The women and even Queen Esther were insulated from the news of the day. They were occupied with beauty treatments and oil baths rather than the king's business. I have done enough marriage counseling to know that this is often the case in marriages. Many men come home and they don't say much, and sometimes their wives are the last to know what's going on. Mordecai wisely informed his younger cousin Esther of all the facts leading up to Haman's wrath and even gave her a copy of the written decree for their destruction. And Mordecai commanded her to go in to the king and plead for her people. Mordecai knew just how much he could push her, for she continued to obey him, even though she was queen, as she had done since she was a child. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a command from Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter. 
that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. Now, Esther knew something that Mordecai may not have known. No one could approach the king, not even the queen, unless they were called for by the king. It had been over one month since the king had called for Esther. To approach him uninvited could mean her early and untimely death. Esther had always obeyed Mordecai, but the stakes were never so high. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. As one who struggles to get people to do things that they don't want to do, I admire how Mordecai approached this. He knew how to motivate Esther to act. Now, first, Mordecai informs Esther of her perilous situation. Though Esther was insulated from most of the problems of the outside world, as a Jew, she would not escape this decree. Since the king had already issued the decree, according to the laws of the Persians and Medes, not even the king could change it. Second, God was not limited to using Esther. If she did not fulfill her duty, then God would still bring deliverance for the Jews from some other place. Mordecai knew that God had to fulfill his will and purpose for the Jews. He would not allow them to be completely exterminated. God would bring deliverance but he was not confined to using only one person, not even Esther. But if Esther didn't act, then God would pass over her and she would still be destroyed. It's good for us to all remember that we are all replaceable, and yet what a privilege it is for us to be used by God. Third, it was probable that God had made Esther queen for this moment in history. When your steps are ordered of God because you trust in Him, then there is no such thing as a coincidence. God is sovereign over all our activities and all our steps. It was very likely that Queen Esther had come to this place of exaltation in the royal court of Persia for such a time as this. We are going through a situation now that has people panicking. The coronavirus has become a worldwide health emergency. How are people responding? They're emptying the aisles of Costco, taking water, Clorox wipes, food, and toilet paper. Now, is this how we should respond with widespread panic? This is a test of faith, courage, and hope. Some moments in our lives define our character. They show what we're really made of. On June 18th, 1940, as the British Empire faced the hard realities of World War II and Nazi Germany surrounding her on every side, Winston Churchill sought to rally the people for one such decisive moment. He said, let us brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men still say this was their finest hour. Now, not quite four months later, in possibly the darkest hour of the war for Great Britain, 
He said, death and sorrow will be the companions of our journey, hardship our garment, constancy our valor, and our only shield. We must be united. We must be undaunted. We must be inflexible. Such words gave the British the courage to go on to triumph over Hitler and the Third Reich. For Churchill and his country, it truly became their finest hour. Now, when the rest of the world is panicking, this can be our finest hour as believers in Jesus Christ, if we will trust God and live wisely and courageously for him. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so... I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Now Esther was willing to lay it all on the line. She was willing to fast, eating no food or drinking no water for three days. Then she was willing to sacrifice her position with the king by approaching him without being summoned. And finally, if need be, Esther was willing to lay down her life for her people. If she perished, she perished, but she was resolved to go before the king. She had settled the matter in her heart. Faith triumphed over fear, and she would rise to the occasion for such a time as this. May God help us in our times of peril to do likewise. You've been listening to Simply the Bible. The Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have questions or comments, please call or text us at 208 319 4860. That's 208-319-4860. Tomorrow, we'll see where Esther invites the king and Haman to two banquets. When the king can't sleep, he reads about how Mordecai stopped an assassination plot against him. He decides to honor Mordecai before all the people. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Esther on Simply the Bible.